Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. to Out of the Blue on Sunday, the 25th of September. My name's Heather. And I'm Erin. We'd like to welcome you to the show today, whether you're listening live or listening online at 3cr.org.au. And we're also podcasting now. So keep an eye on the website too for our podcast, which will go up uh, this afternoon. Well, today we're going to be talking about some pretty positive stuff. We're going to be talking about our marine protected areas. We're going to talk about some holidays we've just been on, all marine related, of course. And we're also going to talk about um, a very important convention that's just started yesterday in South Africa, in Johannesburg. Ladies and gentlemen, this panel is now on air. In July 1976, from an old warehouse in High Street, Armadale, 3CR Community Radio hit the airwaves, heralding 40 years of independent, community-owned and controlled radio. This will be the first station owned and operated by a cooperative of community organisations on a Melbourne-wide basis. This is 3CR. As the status quo of old media is challenged, as publications come and go, in a country with the highest concentration of media ownership in the world, 3CR continues to broadcast radical, insightful radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We're not talking about land rights, we're talking about sovereignty. That's why it's important for us to be at the 10 Embassy. From the protests against the Franklin River Dam to the 1998 waterfront dispute, from the east-west tunnel picket to the Aboriginal 10 Embassy, the history of 3CR is dynamic and passionate and ongoing. I was born here. I will die here. I am not moving. So as we celebrate 40 years in 2016, we ask you, our volunteers, listeners and supporters, to join in in saying, Happy Birthday 3CR! Well, Happy Birthday 3CR. It's a pretty big year for 3CR this year, turning 40. Um, I'd like a quick shout out to my brother Tim. He's turning 26 today. Happy Birthday, you old fart. Not as old as 3CR, but, you know, he's getting there. He feels old. He feels old. Yeah, I know. I told him once he's after 30, he can complain. Absolutely. 26, he's in his prime. That's right. That's right. (laughs) 
Well, speaking of Prime, you look very relaxed being I, on holidays. I, I feel relaxed. I'm a little bit tanned. Now, I, I don't usually like to come on radio and talk about my holidays, but I did have a very special holiday just recently. I did visit the Great Barrier Reef, the southern portion, and I went to Heron Island. Oh, and you may beautiful have seen spot. That. Yeah, absolutely. You may have seen that on television with David Attenborough, and that's certainly what inspired me to go. Look, if anyone's listening, I highly recommend it as a place to go. As an animal lover, as a marine biologist, it's just amazing. You can walk around this island in about 25 minutes and it's just pristine. In low tide, you can walk probably about half a K out and there's coral reefs and a whole bunch of fish everywhere. When it is high tide, you can see sharks, rays, turtles. It's just fantastic. And if you don't like the marine life, on the island at the moment, there's about 30,000 birds. That number then uh, increases to about 200,000 by Christmas. So it really is an island of the birds and I do recommend it. It's, It's fantastic. So what, what was the best thing you saw there? The best there thing? A, I, like a highlight? I've always wanted to swim with a turtle. I've always oh, okay. seen them yeah, from, yeah. from on land. I've seen lots of them and I actually got to swim with one. And the first one I ever swam with was very, very curious of me, very, very friendly. It was absolutely wonderful. Oh, nice. A oh, uh, green, green, green sea turtle? Yeah. Okay. Yep. There are loggerheads and a whole variety there, but I didn't see any of them. Just green sea turtles, but they were good enough. I also heard whales singing underneath the water. Oh, That was wow. pretty special. Pretty special. Bit noisy under there, was it? It was very noisy, particularly with all the parrotfish clipping away at the coral. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love hearing them when I go scuba diving. Something that you're always, when you're out in these environments, and particularly on the island as well, is you're always understanding the, this process of growth and renewal. The Pisonia trees, which are native to the area, and that's where the spurred noddies actually nest, and they build their nests out of these leaves. Now, it's a bit of a gruesome exchange because the Pisonia trees then produce seeds that are sticky that trap many of the noddy chicks. Oh. They die, they fall to the ground, rot, but that provides nutrition and uh, a fertile soil for the Pisonia trees. So there's a bit of a cycle Whoa, going on. Oh, that's a gross circle of life it to is, start this Sunday morning. But it works because otherwise it would just be pure sand with no nutrition for the plants. That is very true. Absolutely. Very, very but interesting. You wow. have also been to an amazing place. I am a little bit jealous. And yeah, well, I'm jealous of Heron Island. We can be a bit jealous of each other. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Mutual jealousy. Mutual this jealousy. Morning. That's what okay. you can hear on the radio today. Yes, <laughs> well, I have recently come back from Hawaii. Um, And I was over there for the IUCN World Conservation Congress, which was incredible. There was 9,000 people from 192 countries. It might have been 193 by the end. So 9,000 people all focused on conservation and betterment of the oceans. Yeah, it was. Well, it was conservation of the entire planet. Oh, Um, But before we went to the conference, um, we decided, you know, check out the marine life of Hawaii. So I was there with um, a couple of colleagues from the Sea Life Trust. And we saw turtles, we saw manta rays, um, we went to a place called Molokini Crater and the coral was amazing considering during the 70s it was used as target practice right. um, oh. for, for subsequent wars. Um, but yeah, no, there was some amazing marine life. We saw so many different fish, some which we recognised from home. Um, from the Great Barrier Reef, others that were completely new to us. Yeah, great. Uh, I did see a sea turtle. It did refuse to swim with me. Oh. Um, it just sat there on the bottom, knowing well, full good. well that my duck diving skills are atrocious. <laughs> um, but it was very exciting to see a turtle. Though. So, you, get, about so the turtles. you still get to see it under the water. You may not yeah, swim exactly. with it. I, do, I should mention that I got to swim with 13 turtles in the water. Are you jealous yes, now? Yes, mutual appreciation is really going downhill right yep. now. Yeah. Okay. Okay, jealousy's <laughs> increased. Um, well, I did see manta rays though, which is pretty exciting. Sure. Um, so we saw those off Hawaii, so the big island. 
off Kona and they are just wow. Yep. They're just wow. Like the way they circle and they make it look so easy. And one of the ones that was swimming near us, she was actually missing one of her, I think it's called a cephalic fin, the one at the front that helps them to gather food. So she was actually missing hers. And mm. the dive guides were telling us that she had been tangled in some fishing line and she actually approached scuba divers to get the fishing line off her. Really? Uh, yeah, but it had cut in so far, they actually got a vet to come along and the vet removed the entire fin because yep. there was too much damage to it. And now, yeah, she's recognisable. She's really easy to so spot. So she's doing she, well now. She's going great. Interesting that yeah. she actually approached the divers. Do you, do you think she yeah. actually made a a decision that I need help and these these humans can provide this? Or I, or just I don't the right know. Place we do right like time? to anthropomorphise things, obviously, but I... I kind of think maybe she did know. It's a nicer story if, it, yeah. if that's the case, and I'm going to believe that because it is so nice. Yeah, yep. it was just it was really nice. There's a couple of them there that have had injuries, and the sure. divers have helped them out there. Fantastic. Um, we also got to go. Well, we're there for a really important time. Actually, it was the hundredth anniversary of the National Park Service. So it was on the 25th of August, and on that particular day, we'd gone up um, Haleakala, which is one of the volcanoes on Maui to watch the sunrise over the clouds, nice. which was incredible. Um, and I just learned, I went to um, the Environmental Film Festival Australia. They had a screening in the park the other night for free down at Docklands and they were screening a film called um, The City Dark and it's all about how much light pollution we have and how it's affecting not only humans but also animals. Sure. And apparently the little um, space station at the top of Haleakala is where you can get the best view of the stars of anywhere in the world. And it right. was incredible. But this light pollution they were saying also affects turtles. So I know on Heron Island they've had to do a few things, haven't they, to try and prevent the turtles from going into the houses and not going down to the ocean. I, you know, I didn't hear that. So they had to oh. prevent them going into the houses. Yeah, wow. yeah, because the resorts there, apparently the lights were a bit bright and the turtles would oh, head course. there instead. Yes, I, I did hear about that. Yeah. And a lot of uh, eager tourists with their flashlights out watching the turtles lay their eggs and, of course... Yeah, that's uh, disorientating. Yeah. And the thing is, people want that increased connection with nature, but Absolutely. we don't always go the right way about it. No, and it's it's a fine balance. It is. I, I recommend everyone to go to Heron Island, but I'm also concerned for Heron Island. The, mm. If you if you do increase the foot traffic to a, an unsustainable level, then we are going to be destroying a, a magnificent area, um, not intentionally either. Yeah. Just the amount of people who love nature will go there and potentially cause harm. But at the moment, as far as I can tell, it is managed sustainably. So that's a great thing. Fantastic. Well, one of the people um, that we saw speaking at the conference, so the IUCN World Conservation Congress, um, was the former president of Kiribati. So President Tong, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, um, but I'd seen him speak in Monaco uh, late last year and he was talking about how his nation in the Pacific will be one of the first to go under. Right. With rising sea levels. It's quite a claim. And yeah, it's it's a bit of a problem. But he said that um, Fiji, which is a close neighbour, has opened their arms and has said that they will take the population of Kiribati if their That's islands go under, yep. which is brilliant. I wondered why Australia wasn't offering, considering we have such a large amount of land and we're not going under. But other than that, he then spoke at the Conservation Congress, and this was something I hadn't heard him say in Monaco, but the highest point above sea level for his nation is two metres. Wow. <laughs> two metres is their highest point above sea level. And so you go, I can see. Wow, that is, that is an imminent threat for them. I can see why they're concerned. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he's out there and he is so passionate about this conservation, but he will speak to anybody who will listen, but it's a matter of getting some of these big countries to make a difference. Do you think that he is getting some recognition around the world and actually getting some action other than Fiji? Well, he's no longer the president, so um, he finished as president in March this year, but I think, yeah, he's now spending a lot more time trying to get these nations to, to come together. Sure. And that was one of the focuses of Hawaii, and just before the conference started, the uh, the Maybe the day before, um, President Barack Obama obviously made his massive announcement and he has increased um, the size of one of the marine national monuments that's in Hawaii. So it's a particular area called Papahanamakuakea which we have practised a lot Say that uh, ten times Hawaii, fast. Papahanamakuakea. It's a little bit like 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. Say it enough and you'll remember it. So they've actually increased the size of this. He's quadrupled the size that was originally there for this marine protected area. And it now goes out to the outer limits of those islands. So the outer territory for the US, it extends all the way out. And it's incredible. And he's done this because he appreciates that this area needs to be protected. There are whales there. There are sharks there. There are turtles. Even though they're not being directly impacted by people in that not many people can go to these islands. So these are to the northwest of the main islands of Hawaii. Um, but they're still being impacted by by shipping traffic, by rubbish, yep. you know, rising sea levels. All of these things are affecting it. So he made this massive announcement and the people of Hawaii, you could tell they were so proud. Really? Yeah. Fantastic. Great. Yeah. People were speaking to, particularly on the dive boats and things, they were so eager to tell us about what he'd just done. Fantastic. It was brilliant. And these conservation zones are absolutely essential for the continued survival of a lot of species. I mean, our oceans really are a tipping point for many species. So any new addition of national parks or areas is fantastic news. And it's quite considerable, isn't it? Quite yeah, considerable well, amount of space. Well, there's more than 7,000 species that use this area. Wow. It's incredible. Um, but then to top it off, and I'm a little sad that he's leaving, actually, Barack mm. Obama. He's, yes. I appreciate his hands have been tied, but he's trying to do good. Um, He then went and said, well, we might just create a marine protected area in the Atlantic as well. So let's not just focus on the Pacific. And he announced one last week in the Atlantic. (laughs) Fantastic. Just brilliant. And it's the size of Connecticut, which I had to look up because when they make these comparisons, I'm not extremely knowledgeable on the states of America, Um, but it appears to be about a quarter of the size of Tasmania. Which well, is still a decent that's considerable. area. Yeah, yeah, that's a big area. So, do you think in his last year he's really trying to make some changes and do some good? I hope so. I think yep. he's obviously struggling. Um, it's really hard when you're trying to do this on the world scale, but of I think he's making a real difference. Fantastic! Which is brilliant. Great to see when, see someone actually achieving all these things. Yeah, exactly. And particularly because he was talking about how it's, you know, the 100th anniversary of the National Park Service and we really need to be conserving these areas for future generations. It's really selfish if we just look after them for ourselves. Of course. Or even not look after them for ourselves, which is what we seem to have been doing. Yes. Well, one of the other things that has come up, unfortunately... Well, no, actually, let's go with another positive. <laughs> there, was, um, there was a really good pavilion... At, uh, at the conference. So within the conference building, there were several pavilions. So one of them was forests, one of them was Hawaii, um, one of them was the US, which also had NASA involved. They had, wow, crazy technology. It was so cool. Yeah. Um, but the one I spent a lot of time in was the Nature for All Pavilion. 
which has um, been involving a lot of the Canadian Parks Service. And it's all about having nature for all. So going out and sharing with people what you like about nature. So they have a hashtag because, you know, everything does these days. So it's hashtag nature for all if you want to know more about it. Sure. But it was all about, you know, some people, they were talking about how they have these programs that they run with the YMCA about getting kids to go out into the national parks in Canada. And this was land-based, so And getting forestry. eaten by bears, yes, okay. And getting eaten by bears, right. exactly. That was the parents' number one concern. So we were sharing, I was sharing examples from our Ocean Youth Program about how, you know, we take kids out into the ocean and we swim with dolphins and there's probably sharks there. And the Canadians were like, oh, yeah, but you, you Aussies, you seem to be able to cope with everything. And there was a lady on my table from Darwin and she said that, her daughter is involved in this police program in, in Darwin and it's I think it was year sevens to year nines and they go along one weekend every month and they learn different survival skills and things like that. Mm. Anyway, so the last thing that they do as a group before they graduate is in little groups of five, they're taken out to the forest and just dumped there. Just dumped there. Yep. And they're out there for a week. They've got no food, no nothing, and they have to survive by themselves. How and, old are these children? Uh, year nines. We're talking about fifteen. When I was fifteen, that would have that would have been awesome. I know that it's the kind of thing that I would love to do when I was fifteen. Yeah, I said the same thing, but the Canadians were like, "But you've got like spiders and snakes," and I almost said drop bears. Yeah. Uh, but I withheld because you know <laughs> it's a serious conservation congress. Um, but yeah. They it does, were really surprised by that. It does seem strange that the rest of the world has more of a fear of, of our animals than we do, possibly because we're just used to them. And spiders and snakes it. are just yeah. something I'm, I'm not really concerned with. Not really. No, and I think Respectful. people think we encounter them more than we actually do. True, true. Now, I've, I've actually grew up on a farm and there were snakes everywhere. Everywhere. Trust me, they're on a front doorstep sometimes. Oh, okay. But I'm just not that too concerned. So long as you've got a healthy and respectful appreciation for them, uh, they're not something that I, I think... It doesn't cast up any fear in my, in no, my mind. No, no, exactly. Mm. Now, we then returned from Hawaii, you know, completely inspired, out there, going to change the world, it's going to be incredible. Um, and we were a little disheartened to find out that um, there has been talk by our federal government about changing some of our protected areas. So within Australia, we have 40 Commonwealth marine protected areas. A lot of them are situated around the coral, uh, the coral reef mm. and the Great Barrier Reef. And of the 40, they're actually looking at changing their protection status for 26 of these. Mm. Now, I haven't spent a lot of time looking into it, but it looks like they want... So at the moment, they've reduced the fishing in these areas to try and you know, boost fish numbers and try and build the coral reef again. But it looks like the reduction in protection will allow for increased fishing in the area, so including long lines and trawling. Which is pretty horrible. It is. Now, it is. This is an Abbott, Abbott era sort of policy. Yes, he did put a, a temporary hold, I guess, on the the national network. That's right. He did actually say he didn't. He wasn't interested in locking up our oceans. That was his exact quote. Yes. Yes. <laughs> For short term economic gain, of course. But the area that they're looking at changing the protection of is the equivalent of approximately a hundred thousand square kilometers. Wow. Wow. So we're, we're talking a considerable area of the Absolutely. ocean that we're looking at reducing that protection of, which when we're in Hawaii, everyone was like, protect more, protect more, protect more. Everyone's yep. talking about increasing areas. And we come back and it's, well, frankly, it's embarrassing that we're looking at reducing the protection. 
which, look, it's not as simple as that, but it, it does sound quite terrible. Yeah, so it does. there is a massive expanse of land and they are improving the protection for some of these reefs. They're reducing the protect- protection of others. They're improving, uh, sorry, increasing the number of protected areas, but then, of course, removing all this area open for fishing and trawling. So, look, it is, a, is it a convoluted uh, report that has been brought out mm. that does have to consider all these different interests? So I do recommend anyone listening out to go online and look this up, make your own decisions. But as it stands right now, it seems like we're going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Considering, you know, it's 2016 where we should know how to deal with our oceans. It just doesn't seem like we've gotten there yet. I mean, we're the biggest island on the planet. How haven't we worked (laughs) it out yet? Of course. It's a bit of a concern. Um, So what we recommend, you know, go out and read a bit more about what is happening regarding this issue because people power can make a big difference. Um, Recently... Plastic bag-free Victoria submitted over 11,000 signatures to Parliament to try and ban plastic bags in Victoria. Let's do it. And they are now talking about this issue. People power can be huge. Unfortunately, you've only got until the 10th of October to put in your submission regarding this particular issue. So one of the things you can do is head to sealifetrust.org.au and there is a link to an online petition there and you can lend your support to trying to get our government to see sense, I guess, and really consider protecting these areas and not going backwards. Absolutely. Look, we do need to consider all the different factors, but let's do it in a really concise and scientific manner. Let's put the uh, protection and longevity of our oceans and the species it contains foremost. We absolutely need to do this for future generations. 3CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3CR.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. Well, welcome back to Out of the Blue on 3CR, 855 AM. You could be listening online or podcasting as well. So welcome wherever you're listening from. So today we're talking about um, marine protected areas and some of the things that have come out of the recent IUCN World Conservation Congress that was held in Hawaii. But something really important also started yesterday in Johannesburg in South Africa. So the conserva- uh, sorry, the Convention for in- on International Trade in Endangered Species, it's a bit of a mouthful, I'm just used to saying CITES. Um, CITES. So CITES is having um, their, their congress or conference to discuss some of the species that are listed on here and how they can be traded. So they're looking particularly at the endangered species and how these are used around the world. So endangered species, there's a lot of zoos and aquariums that have these and are trying to captive breeding programs, but they can also be traded in other areas too. And one of the things that they're trying to focus on this time are some of our shark species. Great. And sharks aren't always focused on as much as you marine mammals, which seem to have a great PR team. Well, the charismatic dolphins. Fantastic. Oh, dolphins. Who it's doesn't just, love dolphins? It's like in Nemo when Bruce is like, oh, I'm a flipping dolphin. I <laughs> totally appreciate that. Everyone loves dolphins. Nobody loves sharks. No. 
I, I love sharks, but for a very different reason. Well, a great example is that sharks have been on the CITES agenda since 1994, but international trade in basking and whale sharks wasn't controlled until 2003, nine years later. And trade in great white sharks wasn't until 2005. Wow. So they've been talking about sharks for a really long time, but the action has been really slow in happening. Um, and international trade has been banned, however, for six of the seven sawfish species. And that came in in 2007. Sure. When you're talking about trade, are you talking about the actual live animals? Or are we talking this more like shark fin soup and, and the like? It can involve both. Um, so they have been focusing a lot on the ivory trade with elephants mm. and how that plays a part in the current ivory industry, which is obviously they're trying to reduce it. Well, not reduce, they're trying to cut that. Um, but while you've got old ivory, and they're even talking about um, mammoth tusks as well. Mammoth tusks. Yeah, it was mentioned. Mammoth okay. tusks. So looking at how, you know, these days it's not appropriate to trade in ivory, but what about the ivory that was collected when it wasn't seen as an issue? So it's this really grey area. Absolutely. It's almost a conundrum. If you've got a stockpile of ivory, it's already been collected, and let's say it's uh, 50 years old. Do you do what some countries have done and just burn, burn and dispose yep. the whole lot? Or do you flood the market, drive the price down, hopefully, and reduce the actual need for it? It's a really tough call. It's a, it's a tough one, and I don't think there's a clear answer either way. Yeah. Well, the reason um, I'm quite interested in what CITES comes up with this time is there is talk about the manta rays and Great. the devil rays Great. and looking at increasing their protection around the world. Because they are a pretty amazing species, and having just swum with them in Hawaii, I, I would, I can't imagine a world without them. They're amazing. Oh, they are fantastic. I, I do remember a very clear time in my life when I was in Peru, and it was about the same time that I decided to become a vegetarian. Oh, right. I okay. did actually walk along a beach in Peru, and there was just a pile of manta rays unfortunately, that have been caught just lying on top of each other, ready for consumption. Well, at the conference, we did watch um, a film. And if you haven't seen it, I recommend it, though it is quite confronting. Um, it's called Racing Extinction. And they're, um, in the film, they're looking at the trade of the gills of manta rays oh. and how some people believe that in Chinese medicine, it can actually increase your fertility. Ugh. Yeah, I know. It was a little frustrating. The other really good film we watched, and I recommend this one as well, is called The Plastic Ocean. Um, brilliant film looking at the plastic that's out there and how it's making its way into the food chain and how it's affecting humans, particularly some of the plastics that we use every day in food and how it disrupts the endocrine system and it's wreaking havoc on people's hormones. Wow. And this is even plastic that's meant to be, you know, safe. So more and more reason to ban the plastic bag in Victoria. I, I'm currently collecting glass bottles so I can take everything I have in plastic out of plastic Great. after seeing this film. It was really full on. Good news. Now, if we finish on sharks today, because, you know, they are going to be focused on CITES, you were mentioning during that community service announcement that there's been some pretty crazy shark action around Absolutely. Victoria. Absolutely. What I want everyone to do who's listening in, if you're near a computer, to look up a picture of the thresher shark, a brilliant looking shark with a very peculiar tail, very long tail, which you can actually use as a whip. It will stun its prey. So a big school of fish, it will swim around and around and then whack its tail in there, stun those fish in the hope of gobbling them up. That makes sense. Incredible technique. However, there were three encounters with this shark in two days down at Bells Beach. Now we are not its usual prey species. So maybe this animal was sick. Maybe it was a little bit confused. Maybe it just wanted to say hello. Now, you say encounters. You didn't say bites. You didn't say attacks. Absolutely. Okay. Encounters. Now, there was no bites. There was no uh, attempted bites that we know of. 
but there was several occurrences of the tail actually hitting people. Ooh. Now, whether that was by accident, we don't know. We just know that the, the shark was in the general vicinity, but certainly one surfer felt the tail hit his chest quite, uh, not viciously, but uh, it impacted him quite quite a lot. Uh, hit him a couple of times. Maybe the shark was like, what are you? Are you food? No bites, <laughs> but he certainly hightailed it back into land because, oh, look, I, I love sharks, but I, I'd be um, going back into land straight away as well. I, I would as well. Yeah. I wouldn't really stick around to try and work out, you know, do a psychoanalysis yeah. on the shark. Do you and think I'm food or do you think I'm friend? What does this ink blot show you? <laughs> like... Yeah, well, that's that's a pretty amazing encounter, though. Do you look don't, it up. You don't hear much about thresher sharks. No, and and not so much encounters with humans. No. And we had three within two days down Bell's Beach, so we assume it's the same animal. Pretty that's incredible. incredible. Well, unfortunately, that does bring us to the end of the show today, but we will be putting on Facebook some of the links um, to the things we've spoken about today. So there's been some really good outcomes from the IUCN World Conservation Congress. We'll put up a link to those. And also keep an eye out for the CITES Congress and what's happening in South Africa at the moment. And hopefully we come up with some really positive changes for um, not only marine animals, but also animals in general in our terrestrial world. Mm. Um, Again, if you have any questions or anything you'd like to chat about on the show, just send us a message on Facebook and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And if you want to listen to our show again, because we were so entertaining today. We were awesome. We were. You can podcast us as well. So head to 3cr.org.au, do a search for Out of the Blue. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Get out and enjoy the sun if you can. And up next is Sally with Out of the Pan. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.